What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, April 25th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 399. That is right. The next one we'll be doing uh, will not be next week, but it will be May 6th. That's why I waited a little longer to do this on um, Thursday instead of earlier in the week, so it is closer to uh, the 400th episode, which is obviously the special live episode from Gotham Comedy Club's Vintage Lounge with my very special guest, comedian, and one of the four impractical jokers on True TV, Sal Vacano, who is uh, one of my dear friends. He's one of the best people, not just in this business, but in life. He's hilarious. He's just a special dude. There's nobody else I'd want to have on my 400th episode. And we are going to be going live in a very small, intimate room where I wanted the diehard Verzi Effect fans to be in there. Hang out, talk afterwards. Hang out afterwards. We're going to talk. I want to meet everybody. And that's what we're going to be doing. Um, so I haven't, you know, to be honest with you, um, we haven't been going hard on like promotion, promotion, promotion everywhere because it only does seat like 70 people and I want the diehards. So I'm kind of hoping that this is the majority of the promotion where the people who are listening to this actually come and hang out and are there. Um, it is also on Gotham Comedy Club's website, so I'm sure some people there will be there, but uh, I'm going to figure out where we're at tickets-wise and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So the more diehard Verzi Effect listeners, the better. Um, and, again, that is Monday, May 6th at 8 o'clock in the Vintage Lounge, which is the downstairs room at Gotham Comedy Club. It's located on 23rd Street, I believe, between 8th and 9th Avenue. But you could look that shit up. There's only one Gotham Comedy Club. It's great, and I'm really looking forward to that again. Special guest, Sal Vacano. So come and check that out. Uh, it's not only the 400th episode, which we're celebrating. It's the first live TVE that um, we've ever done. So it's just going to be cool. I want to talk to fans. I want to ask them stuff. So if you guys have questions on any of the topics that we're talking about, you know, obviously going to interview and talk with Sal a little bit. It's going to be a great time. So come out to that. Guys, I have an unbelievable $399 for you. So don't just think $400 is going to be the one because this one, uh, I have three things that I want to talk about that I made sure were bullet points on this podcast today. All right. Um, one is an insane unacceptable, which I am going to probably lose my shit because I'm really really not happy with it, and I'm not even joking, it's a really, really big problem. It's a big problem for me, it's a big problem in my family, and it's especially a big problem for our dog Lloyd. So I am not fucking happy about it, all right? So that's something that I'm going to be talking about, um, and uh, we'll get into it. Here we go. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. So, and then I'll see, I didn't even look that's how nuts it's been. I didn't even look to see uh, what you guys wrote in, but I will do that during the show, so we will be all set. Um, I want to thank everybody who came out to the Raleigh Improv in Cary, North Carolina. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's a very, um, it's a weird thing to say. I want to thank everybody who came to the Raleigh Improv in Cary, North Carolina. So they call it the Raleigh Improv because it's really cr uh, close to you know, Raleigh, which I believe is the capital of North Carolina. 
So since it's close, they call it that. But it's actually in Cary, North Carolina, which is an amazing place. Guys, this club was amazing. I didn't realize how new it was. It's only three and a half months old out there. And uh, the people could not have been lovelier. The shows could not have been better. Um, the staff was incredible. Shout out to uh, the GM, Andrew, the manager, Jason, uh, the driver, Reggie. You know, they give you a driver out there driving you around back and forth to gigs and to the airport. He was awesome and hilarious. Um, it was just one of the most accommodating and just easy and fun, uh, really fun, fun weekends that I had. Also, um, shout out to um, Mike Mello. Uh, who came out and um, he featured for me. And the guy is a local North Carolina, like, you know, he's just a like a local legend. The guy's been doing it for a long time. He's a headliner in his own right. So it was great um, to have somebody really strong in front of me. And it was just a great show. Both hosts, um, Ben and um, Vishal, it was great. So that I want to say right out of the bat, uh, I mean, right out of the gate, and, and uh, off the bat. See, that's how you know I didn't have coffee. Right out of the bat. I want to say that right out of the bat. Guys, the flight to North Carolina is one hour. Okay? So I drove my ass to LaGuardia. I parked in the parking, whatever, the daily parking. It's like $33 a day. I like doing that sometimes instead of, you know, having to... I like to know that I could just get to the parking lot when I get off the plane, get in my car, and drive home sometimes. Sometimes I like a driver... But sometimes, you know, I like to just go, especially if I have plans or shit's going on. So here's what happened, all right? I um, have to fly back. I'm flying back the next day, and I believe it was probably like, I don't know, the next day, what was, it? What was my flight? It was, oh, I'm sorry, my flight was 3 o'clock the next day, all right? Landing at 4, whatever. Of course, it got delayed. It got delayed because there was a mechanical issue with this airplane. Okay, now, guys, you know if you listen to this podcast, you listen to the Verzi Effect, you know how much, how long I fly, how long I've uh, been flying for, and you know basically how many flights a year I'm probably on. Um, like total, as far as taking off and landing, I'm probably on thirty to forty of those a year. So now I'm on the airplane. It's a smaller airplane, um, and uh, it's an hour flight, and I am sitting next to this like twelve year old redhead girl and her mother and her sister are across from us and we get on the plane and the captain comes on and the captain uh literally says captain goes um you know ladies and gentlemen blah 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 thanks for flying with us just so you know um you know our path is reading that there is going to be you know moderate or whatever steady turbulence the entire flight we will not be doing any kind of like um, you know, food and beverage service on this flight. And basically for the entire hour, everybody just needs to sit down with their seatbelt on, including the flight attendants. And, uh, it's going to be choppy and it's going to be bumpy and blah, blah, blah. And I've been, I've been on planes, short flights where they've said there will be no service because of the turbulence. So we take off we, uh, the takeoff is not as rough as I, I expect, but then we get up into the clouds and, uh, maybe I would say about 15 minutes into the flight, this plane starts, this plane starts shaking and moving 
a lot. Now, I'm used to flying. I'm not really freaked out, but this was a steady, this was like steady rough air. And then it starts to get really crazy. And then, you know, people are kind of talking, relaxing, but then it starts to get like nuts. And for the first time in my life on an airplane, I'm going, I don't know, man, this is like, this is, this is really uncomfortable. Like I never, I never was like in fear for my life, but it got to the point where if it's like, how much worse is it going to get before I get there? Before I get like, yo, this plane is not, I mean, I know they put them through all these wind things and I know that a plane could take hell you know, before anything bad happens to it. And I also know statistics because I'm a lunatic with aviation that turbulence alone has not really taken down, like turbulence alone has not really taken down planes um, for the most part. And I think those numbers are so low. It's usually, it would either be like a storm or something mechanical or obviously just a horrible tragedy, but not really just, you know, wind and, and, and rough air. But this plane is shaken. And I look next to me and the 12-year-old girl's just looking at her phone calm and I'm going, why does she have her shit together more than I do? Then a guy gets up and starts walking towards the bathroom and the flight attendant just snaps on him. She goes, sir, you got to get back to your seat right now. What are you doing? You can't be in your seat. It's not right for the safety of yourself and everybody on. And he goes, man, I can't go to the bathroom. And she goes, no, turn around. It is a safety thing. You just have to go to your seat. And he goes, okay, okay. And as he's walking back to his seat, we just catch a huge, huge, rough, like rough air, big bump. And this guy goes flying. He goes flying into somebody's seat, and like makes the back of their seat go up. And it almost like hit him in the chest. And I was like, holy shit, the flight attendant was right. And he gets to his seat. And now this plane is fucking shaking. And, and you could tell it started to, our descending was so early. Our, we start descending at about 30 minutes. So we have like 15 minutes of bad turbulence and then he's going down and he's going fast. So we're going like 500 miles an hour pointed down and this plane is all over the place. And now I'm getting legit scared. Now the plane is quiet and people are like looking around like what the fuck is going on? So I still got the little, you know, 12 year old girl next to me looking at her phone, but she starts getting weird. I go to grab my phone. We hit a huge bump and my phone goes flying out of my hand. And then I go, oh my God. And the 12 year old looks at me and I look at her and I go, this is wild. And then she just has this look on her face and I go, I fly a lot. And I thought that that was going to calm her down. But it doesn't, you asshole. Why would you say that? I go, this is wild. I fly a lot. So she took it as, holy shit, this is wild. I fly a lot and I never experienced this. Then I saw the horror on her face. And I'm like, yeah, dick, you're scaring the shit out of some fucking young girl who's never going to fly again. So I look at her and I go, no, 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 I fly all the time. This is this is normal. Like, don't worry, we're fine. And like that soothed her a little bit. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, really, asshole? Now you got to try to ease this fucking... 12 year old girl because you're you know you're all over the place with what you're saying and you're nervous and you're scared and I'm not gonna lie to you man I was legit for a good probably 10 to 15 minutes fearful of my life like fearful that the plane like the wing was like bending and shit like the plane was all over the sky the turbulence was rough I've been on a lot of planes, never anything like that, seeing people get flown around, like just getting flung down the aisle, 
um, my phone flying out of my hand. I'm just holding my my cell phone, and we hit a bump, and it went flying and like hit the floor hard. And I'm going, come on, man, it's Easter Sunday. I'm flying back on Easter Sunday, and I'm just like, not on Easter Sunday. You know, I want to go home. I haven't been with my family for about, I haven't seen them in about three days. Been gone for about four days. I want to go and have a nice Easter dinner. Don't, don't fucking, let's, let's just keep this plane intact. And then I'm like looking out the window and we're in the clouds and it's getting really, really bad. And then finally, when we came out of the clouds, it's like slowly calmed down. And then when we got into the city and we were under everything, it, it got a little better, but not going to lie, my scariest flight, most turbulence. And I was saying to myself, you know what? I'm due for it. I'm due for a bad one. I fly all the time. I haven't really had one that was like, holy shit. Um, you know, I've heard of people praying. I've heard of people throwing up. I've heard of people screaming and begging to like, I mean, I've heard of that. I think this plane was you know, this is probably my second worst. This is probably like in the top three I've ever had, but number one of the three. The other one was going to Austin in the windstorm, and another one was coming back from somewhere I forgot. But luckily, I was talking to some army vet who was looking at me like, "You pussy! I've been in the army for twenty six years. This isn't even that bad." And he literally was saying like, "This isn't even that bad," and I thought it was bad. But this last one was a little. And I, when we landed, I saw the mother of the 12-year-old across the thing, and her eyes were just closed, and I could tell she was freaked out. So, yeah, it would not have been good either if I was on the plane with my kids because I didn't want that to be their experience because they also flew a couple of times uh, from New York to, to Florida and back, and they're great, but, I, you know, they and we were also on a smaller plane. So anyway, got the shit scared out of me. Really, really scary thing. And it sucked to finish up a great weekend of Raleigh with, with that. But I remember just like hitting people up going through. That was the scares. Like, they're oh, you know, how was your flight? Or I was like, not good. Not good at all. So anyway, that was that. Guys, my unacceptable is going to get me riled up. And I'm really not happy about it. So this is a disclaimer um, this is a, uh, parental advisory. Uh, if your children are around for this one, I would, um, not fully listen. I will do my best to contain myself. I will do my best to contain my language, but, uh, I'm really upset and this is going on as we speak. So I'm going to give you a little backstory to what happened leading up to this point where we are right now with my dog on the couch. Okay. So before I go to Raleigh, my family leaves for Florida. I had four things that I needed to do before I got on that airplane to go to Raleigh. I had four things. I had to take care of my cats, make sure that they had enough food, water, and they were put in a place where they couldn't get hurt, all that shit. I had to, um, I had to, what's it called? I had to take care of my dog. I had to take care of some stuff outside of the house. I just had to do I had to do these few things and go. And the last step was to basically take my dog to the animal shelter that we take him to, the boarding place, which is also a hospital. Okay? And they give him all they update him on all his shots and he gets to stay and he gets to go and run around. Unfortunately, this time I call the animal hospital and they say, guys, since it's the Easter thing, um, we can't really board him here. Because we're kind of packed, we have a lot of shit going on, but um, our sister company, which is in Connecticut, our sister shelter slash hospital, you could bring them there. We've also brought Lloyd there before. Now, 
Lloyd's nails are getting long, and the problem with Lloyd is he's a wild animal who does not want to be fucked with. He does not like to be restrained. He does not like rules, but he's insanely good with us. He's insanely good with other people, other children. He's a little defensive on other dogs on his property, but he's turned into a great dog. You guys know this, okay? Now, we did a lot of work with Lloyd. Uh, he had two paws out of the out of the out the door with my wife until he was 18 months, and then he changed. He turned into a better dog. And then on top of that, we have we have him enclosed in the house uh, with this fence, so he can run around a ton of yard and all that stuff. So he's a great dog now. But we know what he does not like. He does not like to get his nails clipped, and he does not like to be you know restrained muzzle no dog does but my dog turns into fuck it you know it turns into a jail riot like it's not just uncomfortable and then dealing with it like it turns into a jail riot so we go to this fucking hospital a long time ago and they say just so you know and this is the same company same hospital just so you know okay your dog needs to be sedated before anything gets done to him and it's before his nails get done. Um, do you want to pay for the the pills to sedate him and have them at, at home in case you need to do something to him and he needs to be calm? I say, sure. Thank you. That's good to know. Fast forward to this time. We go to the other, we go to the sister hospital, sister shelter, whatever, and I say, yes, I could not take Lloyd to the original place. They told us to come here. Sure, we have room, blah, 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 bring him. I bring him there, okay? I bring him there. And, oh, man, this is annoying. I bring him there, and I say, do you want to give him a bath here? No, I give him a bath. Okay, great. Uh, what does he need? I see in his records he needs an influenza shot, and he needs this. I say, fine, I'll pay for that. I say, listen, uh, one thing though, he needs his nails clipped because his nails are long. It's a problem for him when he's running. He needs his nails clipped. Just so you guys know, and this is the important part of this unacceptable, and I'm going to repeat myself, just so you guys know, okay, my dog needs to be sedated or tranquilized or whatever it is the fuck you need to do to keep him calm because he's not going to allow it. The other hospital told me that. The other hospital asked for my permission last time. So I'm telling you guys, the answer is yes, you can sedate him or tranquilize him, whatever you have to do. Okay? You can do that. Number two, you do not have to call me if he needs anything like that when I'm away. Okay? You don't have to call my wife and you don't have to call me. In other words... If my dog, I don't give a fuck if you got to put him down with anesthesia like he's going in for a surgery. The answer is yes. We need his nails clipped. We need these things done for him. And he gets very uncomfortable. We don't want him freaking out. I'd rather him be tired and groggy than have anything fucking happen. So you don't have to call. You can do it. And they were fucking lackadaisical and they're taking long. And I wanted to, and I literally at one point I'd say, ma'am, I got to catch a flight. Okay. So like you need to, oh, you do. I'm sorry. Let me get, can we get somebody up here to pick up Lloyd? And I'm going like you lackadaisical bitches. I'm already pissed off. Okay. I'm already pissed off. You think I'm just standing here with my fucking dog? You, you think I'm boarding my dog for four days where I'm, I'm going to go to a park with a fucking ice cream cone after this? You fucking nitwit. I need to get on an airplane. I need to get to shitty LaGuardia so I could fly down to Raleigh. Take my fucking dog already. Right? So I'm sitting there. Oh, I'm fired up. 
I know you guys know this uh, this tone. So, lady comes in. They take my dog. I tell them all the things I need to tell them. And I was just like, good riddance. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Okay? So, now, now I go to Raleigh. I have a great weekend. I get the shit scared out of me on my flight back. I get home on Easter. My family's home on Easter. We have a great uh, family Verzi dinner. We went out. We had a little late Easter dinner, but we went out to a, an amazing restaurant that we love. We had a great time. We spent time. And I was like, hey, you know, I got to get the dog. Now, they also said something that was kind of funny to me. They left me a message. Yeah, I know. You know who you are, too. I hope you're fucking listening to this. They left me a message saying, hey, uh, if you could pick up Lloyd at 2.30 or later, you know, like they wanted me to pick him up later that day, okay? I'm really not happy. Wait till you find out what happens. Oh, you're going to love it. So I find out, I I go there later, 2 o'clock, which is fine. It let me like kind of recuperate, get some energy back after the weekend, and then I'm going to go get my dog. I get there. And I go to the shelter and uh, I go, yeah, and the the, the one, you know, big lady who was, you know, asking all kinds of questions and the lackadaisical phone ladies over there. And I, uh, the lady, the big lady standing behind me doing something with a plant or whatever the fuck she was doing. And I go up to the counter and I say, yes, I'm here to pick up my dog. I'm here to pick up my dog, Lloyd. And I hear the big lady go, oh. Yeah, that one was mine or whatever she said. So I'm like, all right. I'm just listening, okay, because I'm already fed up. I'm already, I already don't like these people. I just want to get my dog and get out of here. So then the lady walks around to the counter, and she's just going, oh, oh. And I'm looking at her like, what are you, out of breath, you fat pig? What are you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just pissed. And I don't even know anything yet. I'm just pissed. So me... She starts going, oh, and I know what she's doing. She's talking about my dog, but I don't like it. And I don't, and I think it's unprofessional. And it's pissing me off. And I just look at her and I kind of tilted my head. I go, oh, what? You had a bad day, rough day? She goes, no, him, him. He was, he was not happy. And then this, she starts to tell me things like this. She goes, uh, yeah, well, first of all, he, you know, he needed to be restrained. We had to tranquilize him. Blah, blah, blah. He almost bit so-and-so's face off. Luckily, Christian is tall because he was biting. He We put the muzzle on him, and the muzzle, you know, he, he ripped the muzzle off. And I'm thinking to myself, bitch, I fucking told you. I told you what my dog doesn't want. I specifically walked in here. And I said, you give him the tranquilizers or the sedation. He does, for whatever reason, he does not good go well at all with a muzzle. He is not good with being restrained like that. And he is not going to let you hold his paws, okay, and, and clip his nails. So give the dog a couple of fucking pills. Let him lay there doped up for a little bit. Do what you have to do. And then we would, she goes, yeah, you know, he wasn't happy here. Uh, you know, does he? And then I said this to her. I go, yeah, well, you know, that's funny. I go, when he leaves the other hospital, they're always like, oh, no, we loved him. She goes, really? She goes, yeah, well, he can't really run here. He's not happy here. So maybe you should. And then she hits me with this. And this is what we're dealing with right now. Absolutely unacceptable. This is the most ridiculous shit. I can't even believe I'm saying this. She goes, oh yeah, he sprained his ankle too really bad because he jumped off the table. 
Okay. She goes, so if it's bad in four days, just bring them back. And I looked at her and I go, well, is it broken? She goes, no, no, it's not broken. All right. So I'm livid. I'm pissed off. I got to pay $408 for his boarding for a few days and the two shots, which is fine. I don't care about the money. And I get him and he's so happy to go out there and I see a light limp. Okay. He just wanted to get out of there. This dog had his bags packed. So I get him in the car. He's acting quiet. His ears are droopy. We go home and he is nursing this thing and he cannot walk. So he's just laying on the bed and he puts his hurt paw up on a pillow and he puts his chin down and he's just looking sad. So I'm like, maybe he's just relieved he's home. He'll be all right the next day. The next day, doesn't want to go out, laying on my wife's side of the bed. We have to literally pick him up. Then I put him outside yesterday. He just sat down with his paw up. I'm going to put a picture of it on, on Patreon just so you guys could see how fucking annoyed I am. And there's also going to be a new Patreon um, podcast up tonight with a special guest. So uh, thank you guys for that. More Patreon content's coming and stuff like that. And uh, we're going to make the announcement in May what's going on with the sports podcast. We're working that out too. But anyway, I'll show you guys on Patreon the dog, you know, the dog's arm just sitting up there because it's driving me nuts. Right now, I put him outside this morning because it's a gorgeous day in New York. It's beautiful outside. And what did he do? He sat at the mat with his paw up. He can put no pressure on it. My dog is sitting here. He's such an energetic, fun dog who loves to play. And he can't do shit because these fucking stupid assholes, they should be fucking put down. They should be sedated and stuck with needles. Have her fat ass jump off the table. She'd break all, fu- she'd break all four of her fucking hoofs. That animal. Give me a break. Yeah, he jumped off. Yeah, he almost bit so-and-so's face off. Yeah, you want to know why? Because you didn't give him what I told you to give you. Because you probably were those over-the-top, like, you know, animal-loving. Like, we don't have to give it. Let's just see. No, you have to give it. He's a wild dog. He's a wild animal. He was running wild in, in Aruba. That's what his breed is. He's a street dog. He's an island dog, okay? He needs to be sedated. The last thing, this dog was running around free in Aruba. You think he wants some fat bitch named Nancy from Connecticut to be holding his snout with a fucking muzzle on it? Are you Are you shitting me? Okay, he's got a big yard up here. We know the dog. Give him a tranquilizer. Give him the damn sedation. All right, put him out cold for a little bit. Give him all his shots, trim his nails, do whatever. Put a bow on his fucking head for all I give a shit when he's sleeping. All I'm saying is let the dog feel nothing or not know what's going on. Instead, he's walking around. He's got a broken hand here or whatever. Now I got to take him back to the hospital today. Let them know. If they think I'm paying for it, I'm breaking somebody's I'm breaking somebody's ankle. How about that? I'm not paying for shit. I've we've gone to Florida, come back, oh, through two grand because he needed this. Oh, we've come back from this trip. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be another seven hundred because of this. I've given this animal hospital when I just want to board my dog probably seven or eight thousand dollars, okay, for shit that he probably doesn't need. Let's be honest, he doesn't need. He's a three-year-old dog. He think runs around like a. He's a the thing is in unbelievable shape. Oh, 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 him. No, it's him. Maybe you should find somewhere else. Yeah, maybe you people suck and you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to handle a dog that has issues or a dog that has certain anxieties and shit. Did you ever think of that? The other hospital loves him because they know, they understand him. The only other time I saw him really lose his shit was when uh, they tried to put drops in his eyes. My dog just doesn't go for that shit. It just is what it is. He's not good with drops. He's not good with clipping his nails. He's uh, uh, definitely not good with a muzzle because he will bite your face off. But 
He's a sweet dog when you're sweet with him. And that's actually what the breed says. Go on to Google and read Arubian Canuco dogs. Half the people think it's its own breed. The other half the people say it's just a mix. But it's been such a mix on that island for hundreds of years that they're their own thing now. And when you read it, it's just what it is. You just can't do it with him. I would not be upset, guys, if I told these people, hey, cut my dog's nails and blah, 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 and left it at that. I said he's going to be, he's going to need to be sedated. And now my dog looks depressed for, for three days since he's been home. His head is down. He cannot walk. I have to carry him to his bowl. He's not eating. This is a problem now. He's losing weight. So now I got to bring him back to the hospital and explain. And if these over-the-top animal-loving bullshit liars who they're all, he's a a good boy. He's a good boy. Look at him. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. No, no. So we're going to act like it's him because we're fucking stupid. Yeah, and we didn't go to school for a better job. So we act like we like animals all fucking day. It's ridiculous. It's It's ridiculous. If they give me shit too, I'm going to say, listen, and I'll be honest with you, doctor, I'm going to say to them, I don't want to hear anything about it. it's, it's, it's not their fault. It is their fault because I told him and I'm really, really pissed off and I'm really, really upset and I don't know. He doesn't like it there, so I want to bring it to the other place, but I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for this. My dog jumped off the table because of the, 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 the lack of whatever that you guys did, just being inept. You know, not doing your job and not knowing. The, the the neglect of listening to what you were supposed to do. It's ridiculous. I don't know if there's like, you know, veterinary malpractice. I'm sure there is. But like when you're told to do something. Yeah, we had to like tranquilize or, or do this. Yeah, that's kind of what I told you. You fucking pig. They should put you in a cage in the back. Fucking not take you for a walk. Put a muzzle on your face so you could stop from eating. I'm sorry. I'm pissed off. And seeing how cool this dog is and he's just laying there and then when you walk up to him, he's rolling on his side because he wants love, but he's nursing his paw. It's breaking my heart, his his thing. And I said to her, I was like, is it, you know, she goes, oh, if it's still like that in a few days, bring him back. Oh, is it broken? No, no, it's not broken. It's not. Well, he tries to go on his, like the t- his toes and he can't even do it. Unacceptable. Ridiculously unacceptable. I can't even believe, I can't even believe that these people are employed when you're told that. It's like, how about you get on the phone with the other hospital and say, hey, the owner came in with Lloyd and said that you guys have in your notes that he needs to be sedated or like kind of really, really put to sleep and mellowed out. Is that true? Okay, because we're about to do these things to him and we don't want it. And you know what would have happened if he did bite that asshole's face off that was doing it or whatever? And I don't know if the kid's an asshole, but you know what? For, for doing what he did to my dog, I'll say he is. If my dog did, did bite his face off, then what? Then my dog gets put down? Then they're going to call me up and go, your dog just lost control of himself and he bit someone's face off and we had to put him down. And you're going to kill my dog? Or, or, or you know, the humane thing is going to come and do something to my dog because you guys just didn't listen? Why don't you call the other hospital and find out how great he is every time and how much you guys love him. And every time I go to pick him up, they're like, oh my God, he's such a sweetie. We loved having him. He had such a good time here. We are so relaxed here. Yeah. Maybe it's you guys being lazy and fucking incompetent. That's the word I'm looking for. So that's my unacceptable, everybody, that these assholes did that and my dog's arm is fucking broken or whatever they, you call his fucking front. His front right, his front right paw, man, is, is like broken and I'm, 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 I mean, I can't even tell you. 
to the point where I told my wife how upset I, I was, and then she said, give it a couple of days, and she's all over me today to take him to the hospital. Oh, I don't even know where to go from there on the podcast. That's how pissed off I am. Like, what would you do? If that was my kid, could you imagine if that was your kid? Like, hey, man, just so you know, if you got to do something to him, you got to put him to sleep because he's going to... And then, oh, yeah, your kid flopped off the table in the hospital and broke his leg. You know, we didn't know he's, he's a problem. Maybe you should take him to the other place. What? Oh, my God. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. Sorry if it was too long of a rant. I'm pissed off. I feel a little better. I'm glad the TVE listeners know what I'm thinking, what I'm going through. Don't worry. Next one's going to be 400 at Gotham. We're going to have a good time. We're going to meet. We're going to talk. We could talk about this. You could ask me how Lloyd is. I'll let you guys know. I'm sure I'll give an update on the 400th episode. Um, but the fact that I got to bring water to him or bring him to water is not a good thing. And the fact that he has the same amount of food in his dish because he's probably in pain. I'm super pissed off, and he's going right to the hospital after after I do this podcast. Oh, my God. Oh. I should. I feel like calling up. I feel like I might call up the hospital while you guys listen. I might do that. I'm just... Um, all right. Anyway. Let's go to your guys on Acceptable and see what you guys have to say um, about this. And we will go from there. Um, let's see. This is from, um, who is this from? Milton? Milt. Yeah, Milton. Hey, Paul. Milton here. Uh, great seeing your show on Thursday in Raleigh. I've always been a huge fan of your comedy. And I think, uh, like a lot of your fans, I first found uh, found you through the great Bill Burr. I saw you guys along with Lawhead and I believe Bartnick on the Billy Bible Belt Tour in Savannah almost five years ago. Wow. That was the first time I ever saw your set uh, and it was really strong back then. Fast forward five years. Your act is unbelievably good right now. You've always had an excellent stage presence, but your joke writing is masterful. Oh, thank you, man. My wife and I were talking about it on the way home. There was not a dry moment in your act. I compare it to Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar playing. Just keep, wow. Just kept uh, coming the whole time. Uh, foot on the gas, great joke after great joke. Well, thank you, man. Uh, the bit you talk about how lucky a guy uh, is to have a woman in his life was genius. Classic Bill Burr type where you say something shocking and then bring them back and then shock again. I think, uh, oh, uh, what is it? How lucky, yeah, a guy is. The Trump stuff and race stuff is genius and spot on. I could tell your confidence on stage at all-time high and watching yourself. Oh, man, I should have read this alone. This is nice. Um, anyway, man, thank you so much. Um, I'm so glad you came out. Uh, I should have just read this as, as to myself. So uh, <laughs> maybe I'll keep this out. Whatever. I, Milton, you're the best, dude. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. And uh, I hope that you... I hope that you come out to a show again and thank you and your wife. Uh, it means a lot to me and to have loyal and amazing fans like you. And the tour is going amazing right now. The tour is going amazing right now. And, and Friday and Saturday were even better. And I'm getting the set to where I need to get it to. And I think that um, I think that things are going 
uh, exactly how I want them to as far as this new hour. And I feel like uh, it'll be where I need it to be. But uh, the tour is going great. And I got some other stuff uh, coming up, which I will plug at the end. But thank you so much, man, for that. And uh, I, believe me, I'm not going to read the, the rest of it on the podcast. But um, I, I definitely see it and reading it. And it means a lot. And I don't take it lightly. So thank you, brother. Thank you so much. All right, here we go. This is an unacceptable from Marky. Marky? Is that it? Uh, or Mark? I don't know, but it says Marky, so I'll just say Mark. Uh, hey, Paul, big fan of, of, uh, of the podcast and your comedy. I am from Australia and do comedy myself, but I haven't seen the new special yet. But the snips I have are excellent. Well, thank you. I have an unacceptable. Last week, my girlfriend and I went to watch a horror movie at the cinema. Uh, I booked in advance in order to get two good seats in the back row. Okay? We get into the theater and start uh, heading toward the back. Confident that we had good seats right in the back middle, my girlfriend and I get to the back and start walking across to the center of the back row, only to notice that there is some fat, scruffy-looking guy sitting alone uh, in a high... uh, high-vis work uh, shirt already in the seat I booked but the two next to him are free and it's a uh, quiet weeknight so we just sit in the two ne- uh, the two next to him we don't even get through the next trailer before he is gasping real loud at every scene <laughs> and saying to himself gee I'll have to see that one and chewing his food loud with his mouth open it gets to the point already, uh, after two more movie trailers, I turn to him and say, Hey man, you're in the wrong seat. Uh, I'm meant to be in that one. I was hoping that he was somewhere towards the front, but nope. He shows me his ticket and he is just the next seat over and was lazy to move over uh, all the way across. So he moves over one Uh, and so do me and my girlfriend. By this point, the movie is starting, so the lights dim down and the opening scene comes on. It was then I noticed how bad this guy smelt. Ugh. Uh, Maybe it's because now the lights were dimmed, my other senses were heightened, or maybe it was because now I was sitting in the seat this guy was just sitting in. But Paul, when I say this guy smelt bad, I mean, I felt like... Uh, I was in a 4D horror movie because uh, we were watching Pet Cemetery, and I felt like I could smell the dead animals as if they were sitting next to me instead of this animal. That's fucking disgusting, dude, and that would have ruined my movie. I don't know how you didn't get up. The worst thing is that now I had made it. A, uh, I had made a point that I had booked that seat and needed to sit next to this guy for the rest of the movie and uh, put up. With this zombie-like body odor. Lock him in a cage with a bucket of water and soap surrounded by dead animals. And don't let him out until he doesn't smell like one himself. Hoping to watch you perform live sometime. And thank you for all the laughs. Cheers. Thank you so much, buddy. I really appreciate it. First of all, good luck with your comedy career out there. Um, You know, and I know all about it, how hard it is to move up and, you know, stick to your plan. Have your long-term and your short-term goals. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you didn't get up. I don't give a fuck what seat I was assigned. If some guy is smelling, the last thing I'm going to do is be able to sit in that stench, especially next to my girl. I would have just been like, look, you know what? I know we like the back, but tonight we're watching Pet Cemetery from the front. 
because this guy stinks. He's he's talking, he's chewing open. Like, it's just ridiculous. It really is. It's absolutely unacceptable. And uh, it's already unacceptable that the guy moved over one. It's almost like, look, Dick, I'm on a date right now, okay? I'm not saying that I'm trying to get a handy in the movie. I'm not saying that. But, you know, if I do want to, you know, if my girl gets scared, she wants to hold my hand or I put my hand on her knee or she puts her hand on my knee or we start cuddling up, arms around each other, something like that, it's a date. I don't need, you know, some fat, stinky bastard next to us. It's like, have a little tact and understand that I'm on a date, asshole. What are you doing? And you smell like shit. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you put up with that. Thank you for the submission. Thank you for writing in. If you guys ever want to submit stuff, uh, please submit it to, you guys know where it is, unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. That is unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Even advice pieces or anything like that. And uh, that's the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Thank you again, Mark, for the um, for the submission. And this is what I wanted to say. If you guys on um, on the 6th come out, if there's anything, I'm going to have somebody with a microphone. It'll be a mic that you could ask a question. Um, it's going to be all love in there. No question is a stupid question. We're going to have a good time. And um, yeah, I'm, we're going to be th- I'm going to be thanking everybody that listens to the show. And you'll be able to ask Sal a question, myself a question, both of us. Um, anything you want on top of if you have an unacceptable uh, or advice on an unacceptable, or if you just want to hear us shoot the shit, whatever. But don't feel like, you know, oh, I got to have the greatest thing. No, you don't. It's just, it could be funny. It could be a bad question. We'll laugh about it. It doesn't matter. No, no question is, is stupid, um, in that situation. Okay. So I just wanted to, uh, let that be clear. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't know what to do about this, but I, I guess, I guess I'll talk about my grandmother. Uh, we lost my, I lost my 99 year old Greek grandmother, my Yaya. Uh, Yaya is all she was known to me was Yaya. Yaya is, uh, you know, grandmother in Greek and, uh, that's my mother's mother. And, uh, I just, uh, I was at her funeral and the celebration. And I just want to say that it was a beautiful thing. You know, she would have been a hundred years old in July. Um, but I, I wasn't devastated because she was 99 years old. Um, you know, they, they lose their wits after a certain while, you know, dementia and all that stuff, no matter how old, like when you're 99 to have it all together is really rough. And, 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 and I mean, it's, it's a rare thing I should say. Um, but I did want to say this because, you know, people were putting stuff, my family members and my siblings were putting stuff on Facebook and talking about her in pictures. And I just didn't know if I wanted to do that because I see that a lot on Facebook and I understand it. Um, but I figure, you know what, I'll just talk about it here. Like, and I just thought about this right now, but, um, I just want to say rest in peace. I love my grandmother so much. She was a great grandmother. Um, you know, she was, she had that amazingly funny neurotic Greek thing. Greeks have a thing where they worry about things that are unrealistic. Okay. So like my mother, even to this day, my mother, if I'm at her house, she'll say something like, um, all right, guys, I'm going to bed. It was so great having you guys here. You know, the Paul, make sure the kids, so she always worries about the kids, make sure the kids are warm when they sleep. And if you need to sleep here, okay, guys, I'm going to bed. Listen, don't turn the gas on and, and, and put the windows up. It's like, mom, it's, it's, it's fucking winter. Like, so like, th- think about that. Don't put the windows up. 
Okay, it's winter outside. It could be February in a snowstorm. Don't put the windows up. Okay, I'm going to bed. I love you. Don't turn the gas on before you go to bed. Like, what kind of lunatic? Think about that. I'm going to go and you just go. I'm going to turn the gas. I'm going to turn the stove on while the people that I love the most are sleeping and hope a lighter doesn't go off or a match. And then in the morning, we'll turn it off. I mean, that's Greek stuff. You know, if Greeks see the news or my Greek grandmother would see the news, and, and, you know, find out that a little kid fell down the stairs. No, you can't have stairs. You can never have stairs. Like, they just, she associated with it. But like all grandmothers, but she was so cool. And and um, as 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 strict as she could be or as worried as she could be that something bad would happen, um, my yaya was very funny. And I remember spending nights with her in Yonkers and watching TV in her little room. Her She had a patio room. It was small with a TV. And I would watch like the Golden Girls with her and I would watch all these shows and she would always give me like two cookies. I think I was allowed like two or three cookies, um, you know, or, you know, because she, she loves sweets too. So she would give me cookies and we watched like the Golden Girls and we would watch like one of her, you know, sitcoms. And um, I remember one night specifically, and this is a memory that I have of, of, of her um, that I, I'm just sharing because it's a, it's a great story. Um she had a great sense of humor. And we one night we were watching Saturday Night Live. If I was at her house on a Saturday, and now that I think about how cool this is, she let me stay up. She let me stay up at, at 11.30 to watch, to watch Saturday Night Live. And I remember one episode, very vividly, like it was yesterday, uh, Steve Martin was hosting. And this, is, this has got to be, I'm not kidding, this has got to be late 80s, early 90s. And Steve Martin's hosting, and he was the host of a game show called Sucker Punch. And, like, when nobody was, like, paying attention, you would just get punched in the face. And I remember somebody got punched in the face, and me and and my grandmother were howling, laughing. And, like, it was funny because she was so proper. Her house was always impeccable. You know, she grew up in the 50s, man. Her house was impeccable. She dressed impeccable. And, um... To see her like go from like proper and everything needs to be like, you know, to just burst out laughing like that. Um, it kind of now thinking back is like, yeah, my mom, you know, and my dad, actually everybody, everybody in my family, my mom, my dad, my siblings, my stepdad, my everybody's got a good sense of humor. And I think it's always because like they would watch comedies, like nobody was taking things too seriously. And even when things were serious, they would find the humor in it. And I always appreciated that. Um, but you know, I, I didn't know. And my mom was like, um, my mom said something where she's like, yeah, she was 99. She really didn't look good the day before she passed. So we'll probably do a closed casket. And then I show up thinking it's going to be a closed casket and it wasn't. And everybody was going, you're not going to believe how amazing and beautiful she looks. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I love my grandmother. I don't want to be disrespectful, but she's 99 and like how beautiful and guys, I'm not kidding you. She looked like she was sleeping peacefully and she looked like if she's 99, she looked like she was 79 and like perfect. She looked beautiful. I know it sounds funny, like the outfit, the way she looked, she just looked in peace, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, man, that's somebody that won the game, 99 years old. Um, she would always take vitamins and, and, and drink orange juice and she would always say, don't drink alcohol, only one wine at a social event, she didn't eat cheese, and she would always take care of herself, and say, don't eat this, that stuff will kill you, and look, she almost made it to 100, so, um, 
I want to dedicate this, uh, I guess this whole podcast and, you know, I had to go on stage the night I found out that my grandmother passed and I kind of had a little extra pep in my step and, and a little energy about, about me with it. And, and, um, I just, you know, I, I just want to say what a life. And she's with my grandfather who actually passed young. He was uh, 66. So she was alone for a very long time. And, uh, one could hope that they're together again and all that stuff. So, uh, to my grandmother, Yaya, uh, Sandra Caravias, Alexandra, actually, but they never, like, it was one of those things where, like, they, they used, the, like, the long names back then, but um, everybody called her Sandra, but to us, she was Yaya, and uh, I I cherish all the memories, and I love you, and I uh, hope you're in a better place, and I know, I know my grandmother always cared about looking impeccable and having things done right, and her funeral from the, you know, from the, from the wake and she had this the priest that christened me, the Greek priest that christened me. I mean, he looks like he needs to hang it up. I mean, that's a story for another day, you know, because I just, I didn't understand a word he said, even when it was English. You know, he's old and I think he's going to hang up the robe soon. But she did it in the church that she was devout to. She she had the priest she wanted. She, you know, everything. And then we all ate at this amazing Italian restaurant. And it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't really sad other than just a celebration. Uh, so there you go. I don't mean to harp on that, but I wanted to talk about that. Instead of, you know, putting it out on Facebook and doing all that stuff, I, I'd rather, you know, talk to you guys about it. And, um, and there you have it. So uh, moving on. It's a weird thing to talk about after I just said that I wanted some fat lady to jump off a table and break all four of her limbs. <laughs> uh, churches, man. Churches are. We were just joking around about how um, me and my brother, we were just joking around about how churches, how they how they talk. And what if they always talk? What Like what if they always talk like that? You know? Because you know the way they'll be like, you know, they'll say, and now we're going to drink the wine and it'll be, you know, <laughs> amazing forever and ever. And we were, just, we were just talking about like me and my brother. My younger brother had me, my younger brother had me crying <laughs> at the Italian restaurant because he was like, oh my God, I ate so much and I'm trying to get my body in shape for the summer. And dude, I was crying. And then the whole time I'm doing it. So you know I'm driving Stacy nuts. Stacy's in the passenger seat of the car. And I'm going, when we get home, I'm sitting on the couch. You're not going to bother me or ask me to do anything because I'm not going to do it. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. And we were just, so I mean the whole night. I mean picture me doing that the whole night. Stacy, what are the chances you pull down my pants and give me a BJ? I know you're tired. And like to the point where I started doing it in front of my kids. And she goes, all right, Paul, enough. It ran its course. And I'm thinking to myself, ran its course? You're going to hear this shit for the next. You are going to hear this shit for the next few weeks. And me and my brother were getting so into it that um, I called him back when he called me and he go, he texted me and he goes, <laughs> he goes, sorry, man, I was a pocket dial. I didn't mean to call you. And I texted him back. No problem. Like I stretched it out. <laughs> he, was, he was just laughing. I know, I know it's ridiculous, but you know, you gotta, you gotta find things like that. But dude, some of these like churches, like, you know, 
it's kind of amazing. Like it's kind of bittersweet. Like that the priest that you had from when you were young, like 50 years ago is still there, but then they're almost 90, you know? And, and they come out and it's just fun. It's like, Jason of Lice and a time and of Lice. Uh, we walk in a day. And you're just like, I'm just like <laughs> looking around like, all right. I mean, I'll go with it. Um, but it was actually beautiful, man. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's, uh, you know, that's winning the game. We should all be so lucky. Moving on to sports. Guys, that Damian Lillard performance for the Portland Trailblazers was literally like Vince Young in the Rose Bowl, I believe, in 2005, if my memory serves me correctly. Okay? If you guys don't know, if you guys don't care, right now it was the first round, or it is the first round of the NBA playoffs. Okay? It's the first round. Usually bad teams that just get into the playoffs usually get knocked out. Okay? Uh, so how it works is 16 teams make it the top eight in the East and the top eight in the West, and they play each other until they ultimately play the best team in the West, plays the best team in the East, and that's how an NBA championship is crowned. This is obviously for the novice or the basketball fan that doesn't know. Anyway, the Portland Trailblazers were playing the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, pretty evenly matched teams, and um, a lot of people thought Oklahoma City could win, but a lot of people thought Portland could win, but Damian Lillard, uh, there was a lot of trash talking. It went... Back to Portland, and Damian Lillard was holding the ball with like no time left. First of all, he hit nine three pointers to to get the franchise record for Portland in the game. But then he's just waiting in between half court and the top of the key. And I'm going, he's got to make his move. It's only eight seconds. Okay, why is he not? He's almost at half court. It's five seconds. How come he didn't make his move? I'm like, wait a minute. There's only three seconds. And he takes one step up and then to the side, and he puts up a 37 foot three pointer. And the buzzer goes off and the ball goes in and the game was over and he knew and waited. And that story did it no justice. If you want to see what I'm talking about, go to YouTube or go to Google and just type in Damian Lillard buzzer beater to beat OKC or Oklahoma City or Damian Lillard last second shot beats the thunder, whatever you want to do. But I promise you it was one of the most stone cold Ice cold, savage, ice in your veins moments I've seen in the NBA ever. And it was in a game to win the series. And it was the tied up. It could have went to overtime. And the teams were talking shit to each other. It was just one of the most ice cold, amazing things I've seen. I've been going back and forth with my Yankees who are all injured, yet these young kids are filling in and replacing the stars. And they've won six in a row. Three in a row against uh, the Angels in California. So I'm staying up late watching the Yankees at night, watching NBA uh, after, you know, doing whatever, working and stuff. So it's been, sports has been pretty cool. And uh, tonight is the NFL draft. Will the New York Giants get a quarterback now? Will the New York Giants get a defensive player or offensive lineman? Eli only has a year left, so they probably do have to get a quarterback. They have the sixth pick and the 17th pick. So a lot of exciting stuff uh, in, in sports right now. And the draft is tonight. I have a couple of shows tonight, but I will definitely be listening on the radio, seeing what the Giants are up to. So that's going to be awesome. Guys, please support my friends at Capper Network, where it's, you know, you make your sports predictions, you get to the top of the leaderboard, you can be paid on your advice, it's completely free, it's completely free, if you just want to talk shit and have a dude I called it moment, you could be ranked, 
what else? You go to sports, you say this is what you think is going to happen, and then you watch, and it's exciting without money on it. And Or you can make money on the leaders that are already there. So you got to check out Capper Network. It's completely free. All things comedy and um, some exciting things that I can't announce yet. But I could tell you this. I could tell you this. This is all I can give you, okay? Um, my special, I'll say this, is being considered for a very prestigious award that you've all heard of. I'll give you that hint. You've all heard of this award. You've all watched this award show. It's being considered. It's being submitted. Comedy Central is behind it. So we don't know what's going to happen, but um, it was a it was a success, and the special was a success because of uh, yes, the hard work that I put into it, but also you guys watching it. Because it doesn't matter how much hard work you do if you guys aren't watching it. Um, and like Milton said on the show, which I really appreciate, and I'm going to tell you guys this, and I mean this, um, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way. I mean this in an honest way. If you come out to my shows, if you come out to Poughkeepsie or Levity Live. Or Washington D.C. Improv, or anything that is on my Boston, uh, you know, Houston, where else? Pittsburgh, you know, uh, Rhode Island. Any of the dates I have, you are going to get a hundred percent of me, and um, and I am ready. I'm ready for this next hour, and I'm super super excited about it. So um, come out. Here's where I will be, guys, next. Uh, this week, I am doing the Connecticut Comedy Festival in Fairfield. I'll be in New York City running around tomorrow. I'll be at Stand Up New York doing new jokes tomorrow night. I'll be at New York Comedy Club tomorrow night. So tomorrow night is that Saturday night. I'm doing two shows at the Fairfield uh, Comedy Club up in, um, obviously, Fairfield, Connecticut for the Connecticut Comedy Festival. I'll be there. Okay. Then uh, next Saturday, May 4th, I'm doing two shows at Laugh It Up in Poughkeepsie. That's May 4th. I went to high school up near that area. Uh, come out. It's going to be great. Tickets are being sold for that. And then um, and then where am I? Hold on. I'll tell you guys where I'm at. Because you guys, you guys got to come and see the tour. You know, I'm just, I'm letting this tour speak for itself here. V-I-R-Z-I. That's how you spell, that's how I spell my name, right? All right, let's see here where I'm going to be. Um, my dog, man, I am, I am, I gotta take my dog to the hospital now. I gotta take my dog to the fucking hospital now because it is fucking, oh my God. All right, guys, sorry about that. Here we go, here we go. So, I will be May 4th, laugh it up. Um, May 9, 10, and 11, I will be at Roar Comedy Club at the MGM Casino in Springfield, Massachusetts. And May 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th, I will be at the Washington, D.C. Improv. And then after that, Levity Live back in New York. Okay, and then we go to Florida at the end of May. But I will plug all those after. Guys, I hope to see you at one of these shows. Check it out. And May 6th, Monday, May 6th, 8 o'clock, Gotham Comedy Club TVE is coming to you live Okay, with a live audience and my buddy from Impractical Jokers, Sal Vacano. So please come out to that. Like I said, Sal's the best. Get your tickets. It'll be like a not an it'll be like an inexpensive comedy show. You know, we made sure we didn't want to hit people over the head, but obviously if the comedy club's giving us the room, you know, but it's it's gonna I think it's like fifteen bucks or something like that. You're gonna be able to hang out. We're gonna have a good time. 
I'm going to be uh, giving out uh, giving out some goodies to the people that come. So it should be uh, it should be awesome, and I hope to see you guys there. That's eight o'clock in the Vintage Lounge at Gotham Comedy Club. I don't think I saw any movies. Did I see any movies? No. I think all the movies that I saw, I spoke to you guys about already. So, wow, this was a quick hour. It was a lot of fun. Um, I love you, Yaya. Rest in peace. Uh, All you people out there, if your grandmothers are around, however old they are, tell them you love them. Go see them. Make sure you see them. And and there you go. Don't eat cheese like my Yaya said. Don't don't drink too much alcohol and take your vitamins. Um, oh, speaking of healthy guys, I've had three cigars in a month, maybe more. No, I've had three cigars in over a month. So I think I've had about three cigars in six or six and a half weeks and I feel better and I'm going to start doing it more as an occasion, you know, and, and take care of myself that way. Um, so there you go, guys, there's going to be a Patreon up either tonight or first thing tomorrow because I'm doing it with a special guest tonight and, uh, there's more content on there as well. You'll see it. So thank you so much. That's a $3 subscription and I will let you guys know what is going on with me and Jerry and the sports show. Um, we're going to try to launch that first one, uh, sometime in mid-May. Uh, there you have it. Hope to see you on May 6th. This has been TVE 399 until 400. I am out of here. Take care.